Hi everyone, uh, Dr. Michael and Dr. Connor here today to talk about the next joint up from the foot and the ankle, and that is, of course, Connor. <sighs> Sorry, I was. I was <laughs> it's the I knee. He's, oh, he's just finished a busy morning. We've got a <laughs> good start, mate. On fire. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that would be the elbow. No, we're, we're talking about knees today. Yeah. Um, look, we're just going to do a, a brief overview of the common ligaments that are injured, how they're injured, and then we'll talk quickly about you know tendons, muscles, and those funny things called bursas, uh, which are fluid-filled sacs. And we'll talk about the common injuries, how they happen, what you should do in the early stages if you have an injury, and then the rehab that you might want to do if it's ongoing, if it's if it's certainly a, an acute injury, the steps that you'd take, or if it's a more long-term injury, what you can do to rehab it if it's more chronic in nature. So, uh, how was your morning? Did you have a good morning? Yeah, busy morning. Excellent. Busy morning. So, you met a few yeah. new patients. How was yours? Uh, my yeah. morning was homeschooling, uh, and also doing some bits and bobs around the house. So I think there was some uh, dishwasher work. That oh. was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to do witty geography uh, with Alice there. And yeah, so yeah. Is that good, your strong point? Strong. Strong. <laughs> oh, I don't know about geography. Uh, I wouldn't say geography is my strong point, but actually I've got to say at school, that was one of my subjects I hated the most, you know? But I think sometimes that's to do with the teacher that you have. Yeah, He's boring, yeah. this bloke, mate. He's the most boring bloke in Australia. Hello, Mr. Ford. Anyway. Um, okay, so the main ligaments you often hear all the time with knee injuries is, of course, the ACL, anterior cruciate ligament, which causes, it's the main stabiliser stabilizer of the knee that's, that you see happen to rugby league players, soccer players, AFL players. In fact, it can happen to anyone, but it's often involved with sports trauma, and it keeps the, the knee stable in a front-to-back direction. Um, what's a, what's any input on that one, Connor, on an ACL injury? Yeah, well, ACL is probably the most common, when it comes to trauma of the knee, probably the most common thing we see. And what generally occurs, as Mick mentioned, it's the main stabiliser of the knee, and it happens a lot in twisting sports, any twisting sports, so things like soccer, hockey, footy, anything like that, or taking off. And what the ACL actually does is it stops forward motion of the shin and the tibia. So if you have a twisting motion and you have too much of that uh, anterior movement of the shin, that's what causes the ACL. You get a tear or you can have a complete rupture. Yeah, I've, I've been... Quick story on that, just a quick side bit. One time I was I was working in rugby league and um, this is a cool story about ACL tears and I actually think there's way more to ACL tears than just bad luck. Mm. I think, um, like all the knee injuries we'll talk about, often what can happen, you can have uh, many torn fibres of a ligament and then the ligament can finally give way. Um, but it seems sometimes... Uh, it can be something that someone's done a thousand times and it just takes that one time to do it to break the camel's back, the mm-hmm. straw, straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Um, but I was treating a, a footy player, Ben Ross, and Ben had a fractured cheekbone um, the, day, the week before and I could tell he was struggling and I was working out at Penrith. And before the game, I said, mate, you're going, how are you feeling? He goes, mate, I just don't feel right ever since his fractured cheekbone. Okay, mate, well, best of luck, and I, I did my best to balance him out before the game. 
Um, and as he ran the ball up from the first tackle, he ran in a straight line and tore his ACL while running in a straight line before he even touched the defender. Um, and I think that's a really interesting story in as far as what it does is display the fact that when the body is under stress, the weakest point of your body can go. Mm-hmm. And for him, it was yeah. his ACL. Um, um, so, yeah, he had to have a reconstruction after that. And I, I really believe his body was trying to heal the fracture in his cheekbone. And so that took away from his natural core stability that would otherwise protect him from you know, injuring his knee as well. Um, interesting thing about cruise ship, they call it cruise ship because it's shaped like a cross, isn't it? Yeah. You know, front to back. And the opposite of the ACL is what's called the PCL, the posterior cruise ship, often injured from hyperextension. I've certainly seen a few of those in sport as well. Um, uh, as compared to ACLs, though, posterior cruise ships often don't require surgery. They don't bother doing it um, because uh, your hamstrings can still act as a stabiliser, whereas at the front of your knee, you don't have those same uh, that same mechanism of stability. It's why so often people get reconstructions to reattach that ligament to keep it safe. Uh, MCL, what's that, buddy? So you've got the MCL and you've also got the LCL. So MCL... Uh, medial collateral ligament and that's the main thick band that's on the inside of the knee so and then you've also got the LCL and that's the same but on the outside very simple way yeah. to, to um, picture if you injure those if I was to come up and do a karate kick on the side mm-hmm. of your knee it'd get your MCL if I kicked it from the inside it'd get your lateral coll- yeah. collateral ligament it's just a blow either side it's generally they're generally something that happened from traumatic getting tackled during sport soccer footy it's the most common way it's very uncommon to be running or turning and to injure these ligaments they're pretty they're pretty strong and like the PCL there's different grades and ACL grade 1 to grade 2 grade 3 full ruptures mm-hmm. um, depending upon how many fibres you've torn depending upon as we've said in previous podcasts the course of treatment uh, I've had one patient had a partial tear of an ACL he was fine for two years then uh, had some stress to his body and then he finally tore it right through uh, but he was fine for two years with a partial tear with strengthening um, same with uh, medial collateral and lateral collateral ligaments uh, best course of action is to stabilize them with a brace early 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 days is to stop that lateral move, medial that side to side movement to stop the ligaments re-aggravating um, and then you strengthen around it you know to to hopefully ease the um, have a muscular support around it so you don't re-injure it um, Last one, not a common one. I spoke to Connor about this that I have seen um, uh, in 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 practice uh, is what's called coronary ligament strains, and that's from excessive rotary forces where the ligaments of the um, small ligaments, the tiny ligaments that attach the meniscus onto the tibia. So if you've got excessive rotary forces. Often it happens with really flat feet and dynamic moving sports. So if you're in footy boots and you're sidestepping and all that sort of stuff, it can cause inflammation of those ligaments. It basically presents as diffuse joint line pain, um, just just where the under the kneecap. So and it's sort of touch. Um, then we'll go to tendons, mate. So we're we're doing that's ligaments, sort of main ligaments done. Then we're doing 
tendons, muscles, and bursas. Yeah. So tendons, yeah. Connor, what are some tendons of the knee? So the three tendons we're going to talk about, the three main ones we probably see most here in clinic, are with patella, hamstring, and also ITB. So patella, so patella tendon is really common. It's the big pig tendon that runs at the front of the knee, just below the kneecap. And oftentimes, if you get uh, tracking of the patella, so if the patella isn't tracking correctly, if it's meant to track in a up and down direction, and if it's more moving side to side or laterally, it can create inflammation of that tendon, and it can be quite it can be quite diffuse, quite achy when you're sitting. You can get relief when you straighten the leg out. Uh, common to get patella inflammation for weightlifters and squatting, which I've seen before quite often. And yeah, so it's quite quite a common one. Uh, hamstring tendons, mm. but how, how what's a what, what's a way you think hamstring tendons often could be? Obviously, I, I see with PCL tears you get hamstring tendonitis. Yeah. Um, I also see hamstring tendonitis with a lot of runners. Yeah. Um, and especially if they can't get into full extension in their knee. Mm-hmm. So that, that they're, uh, and tight hamstrings, obviously. Yeah. Let's face it, tight, yeah. tight hamstrings will cause the tendons behind the knee to come. So that's more pain at the back of the knee. Mm-hmm. What about your favourite one, mate, the iliotibial band syndrome <laughs> um, or runner's knee? Yeah, so runner's knee is, as I said, very common in runners. It's more, you get more of a uh, lateral outside of the knee, kind of a diffuse pain down more on the side and as I said that's usually caused by a tight and if you don't know what the ITB is it's this taut band that runs from the kneecap runs all the way up the side of the thigh to the pelvis and it can that can be very tight it can um, and that as I said it can cause inflammation on the outside of the knee and yeah. most common one in lateral knee pain yeah. is that um, most of the time People try to do stretches to the ITB, it doesn't it's work. It's very difficult. Yes, it, it's not something you can actually stretch because it's more of a tendon and sheath. Uh, most of the time, uh, from my experience, you can happen for a couple of reasons. One of them being a, a glute medius weakness on that side, which we'll talk about later on because glute medius works in conjunction with a, a really important muscle on the inside of your knee called your vastus medialis oblique. I know I'm talking goldy goop there. A VMO, we call it. VMO. So glute medius, VMO, and those two muscles work in conjunction with another really important muscle, your big toe muscle called your extensor lucis longus. Those three work as a team. So if you've got a deficiency of one, it knocks off the other. So hence, your knee pain can be due to your big toe. And your foot position, but can also be due to the strength in your uh, in your butt muscles and also your SI joint. So they're the three tendons we wanted to speak about. Uh, we'll talk about, oh, we've actually just yeah, spoken a few about it, muscles, yeah. um, and we've spoken about muscles there, VMOITB. One thing that, I, that we want to talk about, which is not a common one, but another one that's very relevant for... Um, knee pain is what's called the pes anserinum and it's the insertion point of three muscles that comes um, from the back from the middle of the knee comes back and inserts on the middle of the knee but next to the patella on the lower part of the leg i think it's i remember this from uni mate and it's uh uh, do you remember this? Say grace before tea. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I don't remember what it means, but I do remember the, the, the acronym, yeah. Yeah, sartorius. 
gracilis and semitendinosus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So those three muscles insert onto a common little um, band, and that can become inflamed if those muscles are turning on. And often that that can turn on if you're lacking medial stability of your knee because it acts as a brake. Yeah. So you, if you've got medial knee pain, that can be a cause of it mm-hmm. as well. Um, we're going to quickly talk about bursas. And just just before yeah. we go into bursa yeah. mix, so I just want to make while we're on the topic of muscles. What we've found a lot is when it comes to knee pain, and it can be meniscus, it could be patella, it could be any sort of issues, what we generally find is people having underactive or weak VMO muscles. So VMO is one of the strong, strongest muscles we have. It's the quad muscle, one of the quad muscles or the teardrop muscle. And if that's underactive and not, not doing its job, we generally find you develop all sorts of issues around the knee. And what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll, we'll show you a visual of that when we do the video, right? Yeah. We'll yeah. circle it so you guys can see where it is because mm-hmm. it's a really important point. We've yes. got, like, it's, it's, it's the one we all talk about in rehab of the knee. Yes. Um, and you hear, you hear VMO all the time, VMO, VMO, VMO. And Connor's right. Like, it's, it's one of the main focal points of rehab. That, and as we've recently been focusing yes. on, co-contraction of the hamstring with the quadricep, right? And that's something that we found that, you know, uh, that we've done a lot of VMO work over over the years, but um, recently combined that with making sure your hamstring sort of contracts at the same time with your quad. Yeah. And we've been getting some really good results with that happening. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's been working really well. Um, the, the quickly, I want to talk about bursas because bursas can happen anywhere. They're little fluid-filled sacs and they're, 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 because they're, they're designed to lubricate, if they get rubbed on, they become inflamed and enlarged. Um, you get common ones around insertions of tendons like that Pez thing I was talking before, but often around the kneecap, the, the, above the patella, um, you'll get, you can get bursitis and below the patella. Um, and it's actually straight underneath the kneecap as well. Um, so super infra, pre, you know, the, there's there's all these names uh, of bursas, but they're just fluid-filled sacs that rub and become inflamed if the kneecap, as Connor has already mentioned, isn't going up and down in its right little groove. Um, the other thing that can happen too is arthritis behind the kneecap too, isn't it? Yeah, so you get so you can get arthritis and look that generally so you obviously get just general pain, stiffness from arthritic changes. You can also develop something called a Baker cyst. So Baker cyst is when you've got uh, inflammation in the joint, rubbing which causes extra fluid, and with, when that fluid has nowhere to go, it pushes posteriorly, so it pushes back, and you sort of get this fluid feel feeling sack at the back of the knee. And it's, it's quite common, we see it. Uh, yeah, and we were talking about that before, some common mm-hmm. causes of that was anything with that flu, so inflammatory disorders can cause that. Yeah. And then leads us on to our next thing, which can also cause it, which is meniscus. Yeah. Common injury, otherwise known as old school cartilage. Yeah. Um, oh, geez, I'm going to get you. We haven't spoken about this, but I'm pretty, hopefully I'll get this right, but um. One of the cartilages is within the capsule, one of the cartilages out of the capsule, mm. and I'm pretty sure it's the medial cartilage that is intracapsular. Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yeah, okay, good, good. Uh, and, the, and the other one is, the reason why that's relevant is, of course, that if you've uh, torn your cartilage, it then can cause some issues within the joint of the knee itself, yeah. can't it? You get things, people present with things like they call it lock knees, so... 
if you're squatting over or doing work on the floor and you get up and your knee feels like it locks, it's generally meniscus. Yes, yeah, there's meniscus that tear catching, catching, locking, yeah, clicking. Clicking. Yeah. And there's tests for that, isn't there? Yeah. Like, like all the things we've spoken about, there's tests for it. There's standard tests that are pretty, it's sort of 101. They're pretty specific. Yeah. They're useful. They're yeah. use, so you can work out pretty easily if it's a ligament injury or a bursitis or if it's a cartilage tear. Interesting side note, footnote on cartilage tears. Remember how they used to do arthroscopes all the time? Mm. Uh, when I was younger, they used to, the, the buzzword was everyone going in for a clean-up of their knees, going in for arthroscope. They no longer do that as standard procedure now because if you go and get your cartilage trimmed and where it's torn removed, they've actually found that it accelerates arthritis and knee replacements. Mm-hmm. So they'd rather you keep your cartilage where absolute possible or repair it rather yeah. than remove it. The stats are actually telling us now, the studies are saying that if people get conservative management for six or eight weeks and they compare that for people that get um, arthroscopes, they're actually finding that there is no difference and um, sometimes the arthroscopes generally have a poorer outcome than people that... Uh, get conservative management for meniscus. So get care, people, if you've got knee problems. And especially don't ignore your knee issues. No. I mean, what we're going to do is now is we're trying to give you guys not just talk about knee problems, but give you some value of what you can actually do and the reasons why they happen. Because if you know why they're happening, you can hopefully prevent problems in the future and fix it yourself. Um, I'll talk about the most common thing that why I, I believe why we get so many knee problems, and that is sitting on chairs. Um, sitting in chairs invariably causes your back to slouch, but it'll be your low back to, to slump, what we call flexion. But also it um, causes tight quadriceps, tight quads at the front, uh, weak hamstrings, tight glutes or weak glutes, and tight calves. So that combo will cause your knee, which is designed to work smoothly through its full range, to have an imbalance, and that imbalance often causes the kneecap to not go up and down like we spoke about, and a Mm -hmm. weakness of that important muscle we spoke about before called the VMO. Um, So that's the first thing, we're not designed to sit on chairs. If you sit on chairs a lot, the take-home way around that is you've got to do a ton of effective squats, and if you don't know how to squat effectively, very simply (laughs) learn, uh, but... One of the key parts was, and I, I did three yesterday, buddy, with uh, patients yeah. yep. who just don't squat properly. Yep. Right? And it was like the weight of their body wasn't going through their heels. Yeah. Going through the front of their feet. Right? Yeah, yeah that, 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 the, like the weight was too much on the midfoot and the forefoot rather yeah. than the heel. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the first movement initiated, I really like this, and thank you, Luke, my trainer, if you listen to this, is that the most important movement is that initial movement is to if imagine there's a car door behind your bum and then shutting a car door as you start to move down first yeah. and then transferring your weight back. That's been very helpful for me mm-hmm. and my dodgy knees as well. So if you're sitting on chairs, work on your squat, work on your lunge, very, very, very important. Um, another reason why I think knees pop up so much is because of the joints around them, aren't they? Yeah. So what what can happen is, and the knee's really related to, so the knee, as Mick mentioned, is a hinge joint. But then you look at something like the foot and you look at the hip, they're called multidirectional. So they can move in different planes. They don't just move in an up and down motion. 
So what happens is if you've got the foot and you've got dysfunction of the foot or you've had common one ligament sprains, so we see it heaps people that get um, ligament sprains or roll that ankle Great point, yeah. will eventually develop some sort of knee pain because they've changed the way they're walking, therefore the knee's taking more load in certain directions and that causes pain. And the same thing goes for the hip. People with hip hip issues or have got um, sacroiliac joint dysfunction and their hips not moving correctly, um, they compensate for it at the knee and you develop some sort of knee issue. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So the hip, ball and socket moves all different directions. Foot moves in all different directions and the poor knee in between, uh, it just, (laughs) it can't cope if those, if those, if there's, if there's if there's abnormal movement in those either or either end it cops the brunt of it um, and which leads us on to our next thing of, of why so many people develop single legged like obviously bilateral knee pain that causes a different than single knee pain yeah. single legged knee pain bilateral knee pain you're, you're going to get that classic stuff we spoke about with sitting or sports that weightlifting or whatever right but with the single knee pain often we find that that's related to a sport that involves planting the foot in one, on say on the ground, and kicking a ball like a like a soccer kick, isn't yeah. it? You know, or yeah. a, or a side stepping motion one way all the time, mm-hmm. or even in golf, a swinging one way all the time. You know, anything that involves unilateral movement. So the key, if you are that person and you're getting knee pain and you're a soccer player, is to start focusing your rehab and your kicking on balancing yourself out. Yeah, usually. So that's a big thing we do in clinic. Uh, if you've been into us, one of our big things we do is we've got two scales. And what we do is we put one foot on each scale and we actually check if there's a difference in weight balance. So you find a lot of people will be put more weight through one leg than the other. Then you think over time when you're walking and kicking and you, you have those extra kilos going through that knee, eventually you can have a failure in the system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and a lot of our rehab then is on single leg work, isn't yes. it? Yeah. So single leg exercises, VMO, um, hamstring contraction activation. So there, there's all that work to try to get the weight evenly balanced. And if it's a structural reason, we, we'll pick it up as well. Mm. So say you've got a short leg or say you've got a scoliosis that's causing more weight to go in one leg, that will then cause weight more weight through your knee joint so us correcting that will actually improve the weight so you're not bearing more weight on one side and balance it evenly um uh one other thing i'd like to talk about say which i see a lot which is if you're as a weird freaky fact if you're using a mouse all the time with say your right elbow and you're not extending through your right arm that will eventually, as you know, for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. So yeah, your elbow mimics your knee, all right? And if you have a look, and if you're sitting there listening to this podcast, if you move your arm back and forth, you'll actually notice that if you look, if you're looking at your own arm, if you look and you stretch it out, you'll see your bicep area looks like the back of a knee, and the other side looks like a patellar and kneecap on the front. Mm-hmm. So if you've got some tightness or you haven't got ability an ability to extend your arm well, and it's it's actually it's actually tight through the tendon, say of your bicep and so forth, that will also be mirrored in your knee. So believe it or not, your patellar tendonitis could actually be coming from your mouse, which is a really interesting, crazy, fun fact. Yeah. So 
So just before we talk about some treatments and things we do and things we do in the clinic, uh, just to touch on one thing we see commonly is people with flat feet. People with flat feet can generally develop knee issues over time. So if you think of it, if um, when you build, I like to use the analogy, when you're building a house, when it comes to feet, if you don't have the foundation set and the foundation isn't good, eventually um, you can develop problems further up. So with flat feet, if you have a flatter foot, uh, what generally happens is that puts more loading on the knee, generally the inside of the knee, and with that you can develop things like meniscus issues and that can develop over time. So, and what we, yeah, and what we do, Nick's just mentioned it to me, we would actually do some foot exercises. So we would do some um, work, I think Nick's mentioned the um, halysis longus, some work around that, we would try and get that arch to make that foundation stronger. Yeah, and those yeah. exercises that we just did on previous videos. Yeah. So if you check out Instagram, if you check out our Facebook page, we've done foot and ankle rehab, super important yeah. for knees. And sometimes, as we spoke about in our previous video, we might recommend you to a podiatrist, we might do orthotics, or we might just give you exercises, but we'll fi hopefully find out the best solution for your needs yeah. of, of, of what you might need. Um, the final thing we want to talk about is what to do if you've got, what we do in our approach to an uh, acute knee injury. Um, so most of the time, really, really interestingly, if uh, there's, I've got to share one story, a story that I've treated three ACL tears in the clinic um, where they have decided not to get surgery and we did acupuncture and chiropractic care. One of them had some cold laser therapy because he had one in his own clinic because he's a chiropractor and he tore his ACL in a skinny accident. Uh, after six months of care, he went to get an operation and a reconstruction and the ACL had reattached. So... His actually knee had completely repaired itself, so uh, he didn't need an operation. His actually was functioning really well. And I've treated two others in the clinic, uh, um, and you boys know who you are. I hope you're listening to this. And both of them have not had MRIs post-treatment, uh, but both now uh, play multi-directional sport, pain-free, with stability, and don't aren't, aren't suffering any long-term consequences. And the pivot shift test is negative, which is a test we do to check ACL stability, and the draw test is negative. So as far as I'm concerned, um, I wouldn't, look, I, I think we should go get another MRI, and we've, we, we've actually meant to do that, but and I'd like to do that with those, with one of those guys at least as well, to just to check what's happened, to see if it's regrown as well. So I've only got three to, to go on there, guys. I haven't done a whole huge where patients haven't had the actual ACL reconstruction, but these guys have gone on to play sport again, without um, without having the operation and they're actually very stable. So there are other treatment options potentially if you don't want to get a reconstruction. Um, so what we normally do, obviously, if you've got an acute injury, say you've got an MCL tear, what should a patient do, mate? So MCL, look, the first thing we would do is probably brace the area. So ligaments act as stabilizers. So we brace it, so you put a brace around the area, taping, all that sort of stuff to try and stop that sideways movement, which can make it worse. Because you just want, you want the ligament, sorry, to just relax and be able to heal instead of um, working and getting, getting more inflamed. And then it's, 
it's diff- we spoke about our four different stages, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, load and uh, speed. Um, uh, and uh, we'd go through those four phases depending on with the knee like yeah. we did with the ankle. Uh, and the other thing that we uh, we would do is uh, go through our you know our, our chiropractic diagnosis to work out if there's a structural problem, but we'd also do our functional rehab approach, which we're proud of because we combine both, which we think provides better outcomes. Mm-hmm. So identifying the muscle imbalance, identifying where the joints aren't working properly and the structural imbalance and making sure that everything is balanced. So not only does your knee repair, but hopefully we get to the cause of why it might have happened in the first place. Um, some really great points for the knee, isn't there, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, we, we do some funky stuff, don't we, mate? There's some different stuff. Um, often kneeling um, straight into the knee is really worthwhile. That's into the joint itself, yeah. into the meniscus. Yeah. yeah, I do that one a fair mm-hmm. bit. Um, for the ITB, you've probably got some crackers there, I'd say. Yeah, you get some good reactions. Get some, <laughs> get some flying limbs going. <laughs> yeah. The stomach channel yeah, very yeah, so, There's yeah. a lot of blood in the stomach channel, yes. isn't there, mate? You could rob Peter to pay Paul with that one. Mm-hmm. So that's it, guys, for the main part. Now, stay tuned because we're doing our, our video uh, uh, rehab over the next couple of weeks. Any questions, please let us know. But uh, they're the main things to do with knees. If you if uh, you think we've missed something or you've got a question, don't hesitate to please get in contact with us either on Facebook, Instagram, or even our email, which is backtolife7 at bigpond.com. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Enjoy right. lunch, mate. You're back to clinic with Sarah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. All right, mate. <laughs> Thanks, All right. guys. See you guys. Bye.